Welcome to Huge Quickly Podcast. I'm Danny. Good day, Jason Traeger. Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, what's up? I'm so excited to, to have you on again. It's been forever. It has been quite a time, quite a while. We've had, um, it's good to be back. You came on with Tim Hammer. That's right. Well over a year ago. Well, yeah, well, probably maybe, a year ago. Probably about a year ago. He's been on twice since then. I don't know what's going on with your publicist. <laughs> what's, what's, what's up? I'll speak with Marguerite as soon as I see her. Should have a meeting later this week. I've been seeing you a little bit. Just I don't want to sound like a stalker, but I've uh, been going to smoke and mics lately and keep keep seeing you around. I'm out there all the time. I never stop. Never stop. How many How many think you're getting in a week these days? Well, I do at least a show or two a week typically, and I'd probably do mics. I'm probably on stage or floor <laughs> um, five to 15 times a week. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of getting into organizing some shows too, is that I right? I do do some shows. I have a monthly show every second Friday at the New Deal Distillery called Comedy and Cocktails. That is a showcase. Um, it's a something we're just going to do through summer, so it's runs from June to September. Or no, I guess we started it earlier than that, May through September. And that's been great. We've had over 100 people at each show, and uh, we've had great great times putting that on. I do that with my co-host, Brandy Fight, another comic here in Portland. And Shout out, Brandy Fight. Brandy. And then what else? I do... Yeah, that's that's my main show that I produce nowadays. I'm also going to be producing a show for the Time-Based Arts Festival in September for the... It's a big festival here in Portland. I'll be doing a comedy show for that on the 16th of September, which I'm pretty excited about. That should be a really good show. Nice. And you see Jason at Portland's Funniest I'll be person. July 2nd, uh, 10 yeah. o'clock show at Helium Comedy Club. I'll be competing in that contest. And yes, I look forward to that very much. Always a good That's time. Awesome. Yes. I know how the, those competitions go because I just was in it. You were? I don't know if you'd call it in it. I did participate. You participated? Yeah. I, I didn't even know that you did stand up. Yeah. Well, I... I've been going to these open mics because I have been going on. I, it, it seems to take forever. I'm new to the open mic yes. game. Man, they go late, go late and long. They can, yeah. If you go on <clears throat> later in the evening, it can be a long night. Yeah, it, that that's actually sounds. It sounds like a. If I really want to get into it, then I can definitely get past this. But it is sort of a barrier. It's like your you kind of schedule is going to have to change if you want to do comedy. Oh yeah, because those weeknights, you're you, you know the show's nine or you're getting out of there at eleven, twelve. Or, yeah. Yeah, I typically get home. I mean, I find I get home before midnight most nights. Um, but yeah, I, but that's one thing. If you do comedy a lot, I mean, you just walk out when you're done with your set typically, you know, right. there's no, nobody expects that you should sit around and watch everybody. Cause yeah. if you're serious about it, if you do it like the way I do, you know, every night it's, uh, you know, yeah, you can't, you don't, yeah, you just, yeah, like, if you want to keep it going and keep yeah. stamina, you can't sit yeah. there and listen to, Everybody. Oh, and some of them are so bad. I mean, myself probably included, but man, it's, it is as painful as you think. Yeah. And as beautiful. And I as beautiful. Yeah. I, I really shouldn't say it like that. I mean, it's, it's just interesting. People try yes. and, and I've learned so much. I, I feel like I've said this a million times now because I've had to explain myself because as of a month ago, I'd never done stand up, mm-hmm. but then I just decided, okay, in my mind, it was like, maybe let's say you want to run a 5k but you like can't really get into running and you ha- seem like to have a hard time getting yourself to go run, whatever. Maybe you, maybe you sign up for the 5k without ever really getting into it. And then you're like, oh, now I have to run. Mm-hmm. Now I, now I have to go out there and do it. And so that's kind of, you just I, jump you know, in. yeah, I thought I'd yeah. lead the horse, you know? <clears throat> yeah. With stand up. I mean, one of the beautiful things about it is that it's just, it's a thing that is done. There's no middle. You either do it or you don't. And doing it is, the action of getting on stage. Yeah. You can think about it all you want, but uh, you have to jump in and just go for it. And, and yeah, it, it is a, the wide end of the funnel, you know, the open mic, that's another thing that I really love about stand up is that it's so utterly democratic, democratic. You know, anybody who wants to can just sign up and do it and you rise yeah. and fall on your own merits. And that's all yeah. there is to it. And there's no gatekeepers. And at the open mic level, there shouldn't be any kind of, qualifications in my mind and curating or anything so it's pretty awesome in that respect and that's why yeah. you get the the gamut yeah definitely my first my first time there actually planning on participating being on the list there was a, a woman there that she got drunk early 
and then she she started just she just was heckling like in a very like in her own mind i don't think that she thought she was doing anything wrong you might have been mm-hmm. here for this mm-hmm. and this was at brody a couple of weeks back mm-hmm. but it was my first experience so i was like oh man this is so awkward i i was like just crawling i was trying to like get away but she just like kept talking like in the type of heckling that's like it's not really heckling but just talking back i think thinking I'd be out like, loud it's yeah a, yeah that's a, like, that's a type of heckler the sort of conversational heckler yeah who doesn't realize that you're yeah loses the it's, sight of the fact that they're in a room with 40 other people yeah. yeah and it just like bumps everybody out of what's what's happening yeah but he'll be like so i just got you know i just moved here from sacramento and she's like oh sacramento <laughs> <laughs> like thank you for <laughs> everyone's just like huh They're like looking at her yeah and then she's like what you know i mean what? I... I wasn't a, it wasn't mean it's like yeah but it's be quiet <laughs> yeah it's pretty fascinating just seeing what is unleashed in certain humans i mean i think the thing that's interesting about stand-up is that it's such a um you know can be a very fragile environment simply because you know it's not like a music show or something where there's loud things that blast people out mm-hmm. you know you can just pipe up from the back and change right. the course of the, the moment mm-hmm. well or security could come out and kick somebody out sure. and you'd never even know right so i mean this is like it's very awkward if anything happens it's yeah. like what's happening but it can also be magical you know that's uh yeah I've, I've had you know interactions with the crowds that are just like oh man so great mm-hmm. but yeah it, it's it, that's just something that also yeah just comes with experience that you know you just in the moment you can roll mm-hmm. with things enjoy them well it is funny how long have you done stand-up well i did it for about three years in the beginning of the aughts uh, 2000 to 2004 maybe off and on and in portland no well I, I did it in portland once maybe but seattle san francisco los angeles was my area back then mm-hmm. were my areas and then I stopped for a number of years and really focused on visual art. And I've been back at it like this era, which is really, I consider to be my true era since I'm not, since I'm doing it the way I'm doing it now, very consistently. And, uh, I've been at that for just about two years now here in Portland. And has your style evolved a lot? Like when you're in that LA Seattle, like, is it totally different? And what, what you're, yeah, well, I'm such a different person and I feel like I, um, yeah, I mean, it's just so much more refined. I mean, the the way to, if you want to really improve at stand-up and get something going, it's that consistency of doing it over and over, night yeah. after night, of repeating yourself, you know, getting up, because it's like a muscle that atrophies and disappears as soon as you stop working it. And, you know, if you take a month off, two months off, if you're in the beginning phase, I mean, it might be different if you're, you know, 10 years in and you drop out right. for three months, it probably won't matter that much. But Seinfeld but, can probably turn it back. Yeah, on. he'd probably yeah. turn it on pretty quick. But uh, for somebody who's developing, yeah, there's no there's no substitute for that, like day in and day out, just living it and breathing it every single day and night, because uh, yeah, you just you see the evolution happen fast, and the momentum sort of stays there, and and you go through all the different you know thoughts and feelings about it, without um, well, yeah, you're just progressing more because it is the it is really you know the thing an art form that must be done in public. That's yeah. really where it happens. You know, it's, it sounds kind of dumb, but it actually was like a breakthrough for me to even be able to practice like my sort of set in like a real honest way, even just like home. Like, I don't know what other people do. What was stopping you or what was your it's, holding you back? It like just a sort of, it probably just kind of a, um, being self-conscious, not really having the confidence to think like, this is actually something I'm going to like pull the trigger on. And mm. yes, this is now going to start and I'm going to do it. It, because there's no one there and it's so easy just to be like, no, I don't like how that started or yeah. whatever. Then I would sort of just stop. It's kind of something that I notice is some talking like, about just walking around in your, in your room, just by yeah. yourself, talking to yourself. And I'm sort of assuming other people do that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how else you're supposed to Cause like, there's so many things I would write down. Sure. And then when you hear them out loud, it's just, there's, it's one of the more most frustrating things that I've realized about trying to write jokes is that there doesn't seem to be the same voice. I don't know what it is. Maybe I just haven't found my ability to oh, no. channel it and say it, but in your own head, you're like, Ooh, that flows there. And Oh, there's a pause there. And then like you go to say it and it, it's like, it's another language or something. Yes. I guess it's just that it's the other medium. I mean, it's just like, it doesn't come out the same way. And so it's like, Oh, well, even if you never did stand up again, like let's say you just never took the stage again, you would have that appreciation for what it is having tried it 
because that's the thing that I think, you know, stand up of all art forms too. It has that illusion of ease. You know, when you see people who are decent at it, you know, it, it looks as though oh, I just get up saying funny stuff. I could do that. Yeah. And then you realize when you try to do it, that it's an incredibly rigorous thing that like develops. Yeah. Very, that everything you're seeing is a result of so much work and experimentation and, uh, that it's so different than being just simply funny at the water cooler or whatever. It's very much its own thing. And it's true. It's, uh, I mean, I, I sort of look at it as like, it's, it's a solo art form, but you're collaborating with every audience you perform in front of, you know, they're essentially giving you readouts the entire time you're working and you can then take that data and decide how to apply it to what you're working on. And, uh, and the thing is, it's also a, that's another thing about that consistent application going out night after night is you, you get the feel for what's undeniable, what's not, what's coming through clearly, what's not coming through, what's translating well, what's, what's maybe in your head sounds great, but isn't get, reaching them. And, uh, because you get to compare night after night and you go, well, this thing makes audiences laugh if it's four people in a drunk bar, if there's 50 people at this place, if it's a theater with 250 people, they always laugh at that one thing. That means that's translating. That's getting through and it's saying something that's reaching people. But you know, when you get to see, well, why did it work last night, but not tonight? And yeah, it's, um, it's all a process of like refinement in the public realm. And so, yeah, the, the stuff you're working on in your room pacing around is just, you're just coming up with just raw material. It's like, yeah. it's like digging for gold. You finding just chunks of ore that are just covered in dirt and garbage and there's, but there's a little, so much dirt and garbage. Yeah. Too. But there's a tiny vein of gold in there that you're like, where, how do you get it? But that's through refinement and extraction that you have to, you know, get out the, yeah. that, that over and over thing in front of people. Well, I've always heard, I've just heard so many times you just have to get up, just keep getting up, just work it out. It. You'll sort of, and it's one of those things that, yeah, you sort of say, Oh sure. Yeah. I'm sure you're right. It's like when someone says, Oh yeah, don't expect to be good at golf today. Like just yeah. go out and have fun. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But then you still kind of step up at the tee and you're like, yeah, but I want to crush this ball. Like sure. there's like, you kind of can't reconcile the two, but then you try it a little bit and I'm like, Oh yeah. Like, Oh man, I have so much work to do. <laughs> like it's like, yeah. I mean, yeah. you have to have the desire of course to start with. Sure. But then I, I mean the thing that I always, the one piece of advice that I give to people starting out that I meet who are newer than I am. And cause it's really not, it's not an advice that's just obviously um, exclusive to stand up, but it, it's really part of life, but it's just to focus on your process and not your outcome. You know, that's, I think is the, the takeaway thing that I, I think is like the, the broadest general rule that I would share with anybody about probably anything, but stand up definitely is like, just don't focus on your outcome. You know, if you're not getting the thing you want, you know, just go back to the process. Like, what are you doing? What aren't you doing? What, what's what? And then, cause if you're focused on an outcome, you can get so, uh, well, it can be a really depressing when you're starting yeah. out. Cause you're not going to sure. get the outcome you want probably yeah. nine times out of 10. And then, uh, you know, occasionally you will, but you don't get carried away with that either. You want right. to just always just go back to like the process, the process, the process. Mm -hmm. And it makes it a lot more fun and a lot more experimental and a lot more, scientific almost too. You're just, you know, you're applying these things and getting results. And like I said, you're taking the data and crunching it and trying to figure out, you know, where mm -hmm. to, how to proceed. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's tough. It's tough. I've always been someone, I don't know what, what would be the right words to say. It's like, I've always been kind of, I'm a middle child. I'm kind of easy to please. I'm sort of like middle of the road kind of, Oh yeah, I'm good. I really laid back. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to stuff like, that I should get really excited about. Mm -hmm. I have a hard time sort of figuring out if I really am or not. Like I'm so, cause I'm so like even keel, mm -hmm. you know, like I learned how to fly a plane for a while. I thought maybe mm -hmm. I wanted to be a pilot and I was laughing at myself. Cause I remember my dad, after the first time I went up, we did a first lesson. Like in a Cessna or something. Yeah. Uh -huh. I'm in a Cessna with me and the guy. And then I get back and he's like, so like, are you hooked? Like, yeah. oh, how was it? You know? And I'm kind of like, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Like, but then I, yeah, sure. sure. Yeah. But it's kind of like, then I, it's hard because it's like, well, is that you just like sort of being this middle of the road, even keel guy? Mm -hmm. Or is it like, oh, well, maybe you're not, you know? And yeah, maybe, you mean, you're, maybe not, you're not passionate. So, sorry. Yeah. Maybe yeah. you're not totally crazy about it. Maybe you didn't yeah. catch the bug or whatever. So I think I've always had a hard time with that because 
I'm, I'm trying to somehow link it back to stand up because I know that I have this big desire to yeah. do it. I, I know that absolutely for sure. But then when you always kind of hear something like, well, you'll never really know until you get up and try it. Mm-hmm. And what's sort of then a little bit frustrating is like, I haven't, haven't gone up that much at all, but I still, I don't feel like I've learned that much either. Like I've gotten some laughs here and there, yeah. but it's not anything like, oh wow, you bombed and you really need to rethink or like, oh man, people really were into you. It, it's really just more like, oh, you know, it was okay. It was, it was all right. And then yeah. maybe, then I kind of go, all right, well maybe that's just cause you just have to, it's just a time thing then you just have to learn more. You have to go out and see what happens more and you're not going to quite know from four or five times on the stage, you know? Yeah. But I am at that stage now because I went through, I was like, all right, I got to do this crash course of open mics. Didn't go to kind of as many as I wanted to, but I still went to like four of them or so. Went up, did my thing. And it wasn't terrible. I actually had to lead the night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> First That's one. That's tough spot. It was all right. Yeah. But it wasn't terrible. There sure. were some sprinklings of laughter here and yeah. there. Didn't get through to the next round, but I absolutely didn't think that was possible. Everybody, you know, there were really some funny guys on there. Um on the list but um your first open mic was was the helium contest that was like the fourth or fifth uh-huh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i was like yeah just just yeah. if i don't like literally shit my pants on the stage yeah no know? that's pretty that's good it's bold yeah it was fine yeah and it, it worked out fine but um but now i'm kind of that's an easy little ending now it's like all right what's the next step what should i do yeah and uh I think I just got to keep hitting them open mics. But. Yeah, if you if I mean if it's fun, you know that's that's the thing I uh, that I always tell people too is like have fun, you know, when you're doing it. Just like because I'll see people, you know, beating themselves up and feeling, you know, upset about it and stuff. I'm like, I understand that, but like really having enjoyment, you know, have a little fun with the process because yeah. it's you, that's all you're going to get paid in for a really long time. <laughs> it's like well, enjoyment. I think that's probably good advice because. I absolutely have not. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a hugely stressful. Why I did is this that? last Tuesday. Well, you know, it, it felt like kind of a cool idea. Like, Oh, I'm going to sign up for this competition. I've always wanted to do stand up, kind of haven't gotten the balls to do it or whatever. And, uh, so now I'm going to, now I'm forced to, but then it just really feeling the crunch. Like I was like, Oh, oh wow. Well, you know. well, maybe that's just a result of putting yourself in a pressure. <clears throat> yeah, it's not the most typical stand-up experience because it's like no. you, you can just go whenever you want. Yes, I'll try it tonight. No, I won't. This was like I have to. I, yeah, you know, I, or I'm. Well, have a lot to. of people in that position don't show up. I've noticed. So yeah. I mean, you don't actually. You, you, yeah. It's good that you followed through. I yeah. felt like I just couldn't. It's like I, I, I did what I think is is actually kind of fun a little bit. And even though I said I didn't have fun, it's not outwardly fun, but it is a little bit. It's just to send it out there and like tell yeah. people. You know, well, I'm going to go and I'm yeah. going to do it, you know. And- I often put the litmus test. It's like, is it more exciting to do it or not to, you know? Mm-hmm. And or is it more interesting to do it or not to? And is it more, you know, and it might not be fun, fun, like that you might have, you know, hanging out with your best pals or something, but it's, it's enjoyable because it's challenging and it brings yeah. up something and it's, it's, it brings up energy. You know, sometimes with stand up when you're first starting out, you know, I'd go out and I'm just like, oh, well, it's exciting just to be doing something that gets your heart rate going. You know, it's not watching TV or just walking down the street. Oh, totally. Carrying a bag of groceries. You know, it's something a little out of the ordinary that gets your blood flowing. And, you know, that's that's a charge, whether it's pleasant or not completely. It's it's interesting. And, yeah, I have a lot of respect for people that do anything that's like outside of comfort zones, you know. Yeah. It pushes you. But, yeah, I don't know where the passion comes from and why certain people are driven and others maybe not. But... And it's, I think it's okay to, to not be, um, you know, to treat it in a kind of, to treat anything you do in a kind of, uh, whatever work a day style that can be fine too, and, or extreme passion. I definitely just l- love doing it because it's, um, you know, I think part of it for, for me is just the little dopamine rush that you get and, and I like, uh, social aspects of it. You know, I'm out in public with people and seeing things. I can easily be a person that gets stuck in my head and it's nice to, take my inner world out to, <laughs> for a jog, you know, every right. night, you know? Right. And, uh, and I just love, I love people, you know, and I love just looking out at human beings and listening to other human beings. It's a very, it's a very human experience stand up. You know, it's like, you're just in with the people and you're one of them. And it feels to me, like I said, I live very, uh, mentally, um, lost in my own thoughts and my own world. And so it's very visceral for me to, to, to have that experience night after night, every day, just kind of 
getting out there, making eye contact and being in there right. with human beings. Right. Yeah. No, it's true. I, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I mean, that's the main, that's the main, the whole idea of getting really in connection with sort of the human experience. Yeah. I mean, it really is. What else can you do? I mean, yeah. people don't tell you what they're really thinking most of the time yeah. or, or at least not people that aren't your really close friends or yeah. whatever. So to actually kind of get what, what's going through these these people's minds tonight, what have they been thinking about yeah. and what's, you know, that's a really, it's very interesting for sure. Yeah. Like and, a, the, I come back to that thing of like the science of it. It's, uh, you know, and I love seeing what gets people going and, and, and as you do comedy longer, uh, you start to see the different kinds of laughs and the styles of laughs and the styles of, you know, when people are recognizing something or the, the little embarrassment in it or, you know, the explosive surprising laughter. It's, it's really fun to sort of see all the different, cause it's like, you know, they say people that are the Inuits or whatever, you know, have like a million words for snow. I don't know what <laughs> the thing is. And I sort of feel like when you're a stand up, you can have, you know, at least 20 or 30 different words for laughter because right. there's so many kinds of laughter and silence. I might say too, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of times where people are like, Oh, they were so quiet, but I'm like, you know, there's silence that's like bored and there's silence, you know, there's silence where people are looking at their fingernails kind of bored and then there's silence where everybody's leaning forward right. kind of trying to figure out what's next and there's tension silences and there's boring silences and, you know, it's all part of the music of stand-up. <laughs> well, it's like when somebody comes out and just takes an extra amount of time to get started. Yeah. You feel that like thick, like yeah. anxious, quiet and I think it's... It's interesting. I oh, like when fun. people do that, that actually. I love tension. That's a big thing for me is kind of playing with tension and uh, release and resolution, you know, those kinds of, yeah. uh, it's kind of like the, like I said the, or just a minute ago, the music of it, because there's definitely like crescendos and, yeah. you know, pauses and it's fun to build things. And <laughs> Well, it's sort of along the lines of like a great speech or something. Yeah. You know, it's kind of similar. I remember reading somewhere that some of like the great, I mean, they're all like dictators, but not like sure. the great speakers. A lot of times they would do stuff like that where it was like he'd be known to pause for 20 seconds before the speech and everyone's like, can't wait to hear a word out of their mouth. Mm-hmm. And, like they're, they know how to get a crowd oh, yeah. behind them. It's, if nothing else, it's interesting to learn that sort of skill and yeah, it probably even translates to other areas. I don't know. You sort of just are in tune with people and sort of are able to. Give oh, yeah. them what they want. Yeah. I love listening to orators and, and, uh, the great ones. I mean, I have a couple like vinyl albums of Malcolm X speeches and listening to Malcolm oh, wow. X and he's, you know, I mean, you can hear all this stuff online, you know, that all his speeches, Martin Luther King. I really love Martin Luther King and Malcolm X's, um, like if, if you, if I didn't like their words are amazing, but like if you didn't even speak English and you listen to them, it's so, captivating to, to just listen to the music of it you yeah know? the the tonal things and the pauses and the inflections and the and yeah that's i mean that's the thing that's so interesting about stand-up um in general is that it is it's about so many things and that's where doing it over and over you get to get into <clears throat> all the aspects of it that it, you know your writing is one thing how you say it how you move your body you know it's all in there. Like, like at an open mic, you just watch, you know, one person's you know, pacing back and forth and fidgeting, another person's standing still, another person's making funny faces, another person's draw. you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's like every little person is a zone. And, and the more you do it, the more you get into that thing where you kind of feel your, where your feet are, you know, and like mm-hmm. you can feel your hands and, and that to me also talking about it as a practice that you do day in and day out, uh, that I find, you know, getting on stage is like one moment in my day. I don't, tend to meditate or do things like that. But I find when I do stand up, it's one moment in the day where I can always count on the fact that like my mind just goes, I'm just not thinking about anything else. You know, I'm not yeah. thinking about evaluating myself as a human being. I'm not thinking about the grocery list. I'm not thinking about, you know, things I need to do. I'm not thinking about the next moment. I'm thinking I'm just in that moment, you know, and yeah. it's the lights and the people. And, and that alone, I think is, I mean, if I never went anywhere with comedy and, it would all be, it's, it's all worth it just for that, you know? And it's sort of like a breathtaking feeling really like yeah. for me anyway, being so new, it's like such an all consuming yeah. thought. Just, you're in just, like nerves probably, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I feel like a, a lot more comfortable just being on stage mm-hmm. 
I mean, a year ago, I had no stage experience at all. Yeah. A band, I probably would be a lot better in this band that I yeah. used to be in because that was going up and playing out with them like three or four times mm-hmm. was the only stage experience I had up until that point whatsoever. Yeah. Then I've done a few classes of improv. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think the, I think the podcast actually helps a little bit. You sure. have to be sort of on. And, uh, so I, it feels better being up there just, just like the nerves of getting on stage. But man, the idea of following, having this plan and knowing where you are, mm-hmm. I feel like I, I was, I was able to be pushed out of my comfort zone really easily. Just like jokes that I really sort of, you know, there'd be kind of like a little block of jokes yeah. where I feel in my head, okay, well, that's sort of the key and that's sort of what I'm getting to. Well, if that doesn't really get a joke or excuse me, get a laugh, then it's like a little follow up. Should I even say it? And then yeah. all of a sudden I'm sort of thinking about that. And then, then I just kind of want to jump to the next, yeah. like, like buoy out in the water that I have, right. which is the next thought. And so I definitely realized I could go through material super fast, a lot faster than I ever thought. Oh yeah. Because I'm sort of nervous, especially I had one time in particular where, I mean, I guess you'd say it bombed. It wasn't great. I mm-hmm. had a few laughs here and there, but it was, it was kind of bad, especially the very beginning, a kind of thing where you're like 45 seconds in and no one has really laughed. Yeah. Then you're kind of start to freak out a little bit. Yeah. At least I do, mm-hmm. you know, three, number two yeah. in total open mics. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's a, it's so scary. And then, I know people can all, you, I've seen people just leave the, the stage after, after 45 seconds sure. or a minute, but you don't want to do that. I nah. mean, you really want to finish out your time. And so yes. I kept being like, you've got to like keep this going. Yeah. And actually for the Portland's funniest person contest, I actually, I felt like I had a good five and a half minutes, excuse me, material getting close to six minutes. And I like saw the light and just like, barely just kind of finished what i was saying and got out of there like i'd gone so much faster than normal oh you saw the first light saw the first oh, light and it was probably within 10 seconds of that light and i was out uh-huh but i was like i i, I knew where i was in my in my set and it, i hadn't seen that light yet yeah. and i was like 90 percent through and i was like oh my gosh am, yeah. I, am i only two minutes in or something <laughs> like all of a sudden i was like oh man yeah i don't want to leave you know obviously early and that's a lot yeah that stuff's also all just everything's about experience because yeah i mean it's funny like nowadays i somebody will say you know do 20 minutes and so often like i'll just you know they i'll like i'm like don't even light me you know i just i know the feel i mean especially like three minutes five minutes 10 minutes and 20 minutes i i just you've got them feel them yeah it's just like i go that's that's been and, and so often it's funny i'll be like I'm done. And then I look at the thing and it's like 14 minutes and 39 seconds. I'm like, you know, within it's cause you just, yeah. it's like those time chunks become really yeah. just uh, second nature. Hmm. But yeah, it's, um, it's an interesting, it's an interesting path of discovery. It's always, always happening lately. My thing has just been honing things and cause I, I write a lot. I'm always writing material and I typically will just do, I don't know, diff- like a lot of people will approach me and say, I've seen you so many times and, you know, I've never seen you do the same thing twice. And I'm glad that that's the case, you know, that, uh, it shows that I'm writing a lot mm-hmm. and, uh, and the fact that I can do pretty well doing new stuff a lot, but at a certain point, you know, you really do have to just kind of hone and buckle down and like really just take things out over and over and over and, and just get them into, cause there's a real fun thing that happens when you have something like a six minute chunk that's just dialed and you know exactly where it's going and what works because then you get really into the performance of it it's like a song that your band knows like you you know super tight and you just know how to play it like crazy then you can just lose yourself in the actual playing of it and that's where you know you could that's why you can see great comics do the same joke over and over and over but it's always great and they get biggest laughs with it yeah and you even laugh at it you Mm -hmm. know you might get bored of it seeing it you know 50 times as another comic but then you see it in front of a new crowd and they love it and you love it again too. And cause it's like a great song. Mm-hmm. And I really look at it like songs, like music, you know, they have their parts and their, all their little dips and valleys. And so right now I'm, I've been really, and I'm in a phase right now of taking, going through all this stuff that I've written in the past, maybe six months or a year and picking one thing after another and just going, okay, this month it's all about this six minutes. And, hmm. and it, then it's a blast to do them later. And once yeah. you really dial in some material, it's kind of like, it's locked in your brain forever. Kind of, you know, there's things that I memorized like crazy a year ago that I could do them almost verbatim now. Cause really? yeah. Cause they're just, you know, you just know like that leads to that and this leads to this. And 
but yeah, it was, it was an interesting process for me to come up with this set because I've been writing down stuff that's come up on the podcast or I'll write for the podcast. We've been doing the podcast now for like a year and a half. Mm -hmm. So I really had a lot of material to go through. I mean, just tons and tons. And then to actually go through that and try to like work it out with no real experience of what would work and what's not yeah. was pretty, was pretty interesting and pretty stressful. But yeah, it, I'm, I'm excited to keep going with it because there is a lot, but man, it's tough. And then like you get such an appreciation for even guys that can just walk out and it's like they kind of just like even just like say one word or they just, mm-hmm. they kind of start things off with a big laugh for almost no reason. Yeah. And I, that's what I'm really like, what did he do or what did she do? Like, what what is that because that you just like each laugh when especially when the whole place kind of mm-hmm. just lights up it's it's a it's interesting little yeah. thing it's human like, energetics happened? i mean yeah. it's so true that's what ultimately i think in comedy you're playing with energy you know that's that's in there always you, yeah no matter what you're if you're a kinetic performer or a really mellow person you're it's always about energy and not to sound like new agey about it, but it's just true. You know, human beings are fields of electricity and chemicals right. and all kinds of stuff going on. And, yeah. and essentially you're, you're manipulating all those things. You're like giving people blasts of dopamine and yeah. little, you know, receptors going off and stuff. And, and they're picking up on the ones happening in you. And that's why, you know, like people often point out, you know, crowds sense when you're fearful, they sense when you're flopping, when you're, when you're confident and, uh, and when you're having, and that's also why I think when you're up there enjoying yourself and having fun and you're in the moment, I think there's something pleasing for me, at least I'm always pleased at looking at a person who's up there in the moment, who's really seems engaged. It's like a, I don't know, it's a pleasing thing to see. Cause yeah, often when you encounter people there, uh, their heads are somewhere else or looking at a phone or whatever. Right. Yeah. What are your thoughts on, on taking up notes and I never take up notes. I literally, I know for a fact that I've taken up notes, I believe just one time. And it was like a specific thing where I brought up notes that I had written that day for this whole set that I wrote just for this one specific show that was at an, at a museum. And I remember bringing up notes for that. And I was like, I'm holding notes. And I had a huge piece of paper with tons of colored writing. Um, and because my attitude is not, and I don't have anything against it. It's a completely legitimate thing to do. And I, you know, if I was doing an hour long set, I might end up bringing up notes or something, you know, mm-hmm. um, just to remind you of the things you're going to hit. But being that I don't really do sets more than 20, I think 25 minutes is like the top length of sets that I typically have ever done. Being in the 10 to 25 minute set range, I just have never felt the need for notes, but, um, yeah, I just I just don't bring them up. I find it distracting to me, and it's kind of like a training wheels thing where I'm just like, I don't want to have notes. I don't want to rely on notes. So I don't want to get used to having notes. Right. So from the very start, I was always like, you know, it gives you the it's like like the element the idea of you know flying by the seat of your pants and without a net, you know, just going like if I get up there and I can't remember what I have to say, then I got to figure it out. You know, yeah. what do you say? How do you deal with that? And if I miss some part, then I'm going to be up tomorrow night, so I'll do it then. And if I, if it goes poorly, well, you know, maybe I need to memorize stuff a little better and, and, uh, hone it home. So yeah, I just, I've never done it and I, I never will. I always bring up a phone to record myself because that's the thing I do now every set. When I've started out, I mean, when I say I started out, I'm talking about like this two year period. When I first started out on this two year period, I set myself really clear goals or not goals, but um, like missions. And they were sort of, I framed it sort of like semesters where I went, okay, the first six months back at comedy, just no recording, no nothing. Don't even worry about what you're doing. Just get up every night, throw whatever against the wall, see what sticks, you know, and just have no even inkling of desire to be good or bad. Just don't even worry about it. Just get up and do something different and don't repeat yourself. I was like, I'm just going to go up like, like if you're starting out in college and you're in your freshman first semester of your freshman year, you know, you're just feeling it out, seeing what, what you like, you know, trying to figure out what, what direction to go in. And then you refine it as you go. So like first six months, I'm like, and don't worry about it. I mean, people actively disliked my me you know because i was out every night and they not as a person but like you know just like oh what is this guy doing is he making fun of comedy you know we're serious about this he's not blah 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 and but then you know for every comic that would see me do like three terrible sets where nobody laughed and everybody was annoyed 
Mm-hmm. They'd, then, you know, they'd see me do one that just killed and they'd be like, oh, wait a sec, this guy's actually doing something. You know, he's yeah. serious about it. And then you get people's respect long term, you know, because then they start seeing like, oh, there's a method to this madness. Right. He's not just a guy trying to ignore, annoy us. But my thing is just like, just get over all fear, you know, just no fear. Don't worry about outcomes. Just focus on process. So after the first six months, then it was like, okay, now I'm going to go through those six months, look at that stuff, think about what I've been doing and pick maybe, you know, a few things to sort of refine. And, you know, then you start seeing the voice emerge like, oh, I do this. This is something unique. And then just keep doing that. And now I don't think of it quite in those terms, but I'm still frame it in my mind as like, you know, like, like, let's say I don't win some contest or I don't get into a festival. I go, well, dude, I'm a junior. You know what I mean? Why should I be expect? I don't have any expectations of anything. It's like, I'm still just barely got my feet wet because it keeps you humble and it just goes, and then all the success you do have. And the fact that I do get booked on a show, you know, at least once or twice, three times a week is amazing. There's tons of people who've been doing it longer than me that don't have that. So I'm, so I can like, you know, really take, I can really appreciate like the stuff that, uh, when things go well, I'm just in terms of the career itself, as opposed to the art form, you know, my attitude with that is just like, you know, work as hard as you can expect nothing and be grateful for everything. And and if you maintain that, that's, you can't, you can take that with you forever, you know, cause it's just like everything you get, be grateful when something you don't get, it's just accept it, you know, cause it's like mm-hmm. you, you, nobody owes you anything. And there's a lot of personal stuff involved in comedy and, right. but, and I find that it makes me really appreciate what I do get. And I'm super grateful for all the people that have been supportive of me and, and I try and give back to the comedy world by doing things like my photo album, Portland Stand Up Comedy Photo Album dot Tumblr, which is my photos of Portland comedy. Yeah, I got to rep that. That's awesome. That's, That's another great. thing that keeps me sane going to open mics as much as I do. Yeah. Is that I have this other thing to do. Yeah. Taking photos. That's why I started because because you were talking about like that it could be kind of torturous and and it can be, but like half the time I'm there, I'm not even thinking about what people are saying. I'm just focusing on visual stuff, thinking right. like, oh, that looks cool or that person's wearing cool clothes tonight i'm gonna take a picture yeah you guys should should check it out portland standup photo album.tumblr.com that's really great i just sort of cruise that thing every once in a while see what's going on it's fun yeah it's a good it's a good thing just to kind of see where everyone's going yep i don't know whatever seems like a good just cool like almost like a service that you've done for the community yeah for sure i mean it's it's my own project but i i definitely feel like it is a way of, of uh you know if you look at Portland Comics Board, how many people use my photos as their, you know, faces. And I mean, yeah. it's always heartening to me to see, you know, like Ian Carmel's Tumblr or his Twitter, you know, and it's my photo. And, and I see people, you know, pass through town and they'll use my photos, you know, different bigger comics of Kyle Kinane has used my photos. Sean Patton has used my photos. Ryan Connor, all kinds of you gotta people. get paid, my friend. I do get paid sometimes. <laughs> and, and I also have the, uh, that, um, uh, what's it called? PayPal button on the site. And I've yeah. gotten a lot of money from not, well, I mean, for something that's just purely donation driven, I've, I've gotten well over $1,500 donated to it, which that's is great. yeah enough to buy like a good lens. And I've bought, you know, a few things. And so it's a sustaining, um, it's a sustaining thing. There's even some people that's, you know, Steve Magnuson, mm-hmm. cool Portland comic. Yeah. He, he like has an $8 a month donation that he does to it. Like on a roll. Oh, really? Yeah. It's subscription. That's awesome. And, uh, it's great. I do people's headshots and stuff and I will charge money for those kinds yeah. of special shoots. But, but yeah, I love just having it be something that, you know, is just there. People can pay what they want, but yeah, I like, I like doing it a lot. Plus it gets me in free to a lot of shows because people will be like, yeah, yeah. yeah, you don't have to pay. Take You're going to take photos. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think we, it's an interesting sort of uh, thing we've learned from the internet, I guess, is, you know, you stick out donations and at least how our society today, people will just pay. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, what, it's kind of it's kind of interesting you can get by that way without having to charge some big subscription service or whatever like thinking back to napster days and that kind of stuff yeah people are okay paying you know it's like you gotta figure out the right way to get them to do it yeah but they will pay yeah i was thinking with that blog i want to like once a year do a kind of drive you know be like because it is the kind of thing where like people can easily forget that like how much work goes into it you know the fact that that thing does not you know do itself because it's one thing to just take photos while i'm at a mic anyways but you know every single night i have to upload 60 70 photos go through them curl you know do a little editing yeah it's definitely something that you know it's a it's a a good little project but uh well and it's it's kind of teaches you a couple things too like you know nowadays everybody has this great camera in their pocket yeah no matter what i mean 99 percent of people around 
they have something that's pretty dang good sure. by a lot of uh, ways of looking at it. But yet, you have to, you still have to be a photographer to get good pictures. Like you still yeah. have to know what you're doing. No, I've yeah. I've, I've thought about that before because uh, you know having grown up in different scenes like music scenes and whatnot uh, in the pre-digital age, there were always you know, in like the punk scene or whatever, every scene would have, not every scene, but a lot of scenes would have like a person who was the main photographer, you know, who looking back now, you know, these different scenes, you know, when you think about like LA punk in the early eighties, you know, it was Glenn Friedman or, uh, various different people. Um, if you think about, you know, San Francisco, Maury Bowles, uh, Seattle, Charles Peterson during the grunge era, these like photographers who kind of defined little moments in time creatively in communities. And, uh, and I was thinking, you know, that nowadays everybody kind of counts on things are all documented to death by everybody. But like, you know, as you were talking right. about with the ubiquitous camera of, of today, but it is so true that having somebody like me in the Portland scene taking photos that have this kind of, you know, a vision where it's like there's black and white, they're taken with a decent camera. And I happen to be like a painter who can think in terms of composition as well. So it's not purely right. just you know pointing. I'm also thinking in terms of making it a work of art. And, uh, I think it adds, I've, well, I've had many people tell me that they feel like this is really like makes it feel like, like they're like, I feel like I'm in a time place in time because of your photos, yeah. which is a huge compliment to me. Cause I, that's part of what I want it to do is I want them to exist as works of art into themselves compositionally and whatnot. And then also as documentation of the time that adds value kind of two people's experience of the time in the moment. Yeah. And that's really nice when people say, Oh, I feel like now that Jason Traeger's, you know, photographed me, I'm real now in comedy. And I'm like, really? That's well, there it. is something missing for me. Uh, it'll happen. I should have brought a camera up here. I, I that'd, typically... be, that'd be kind of cheap. Oh. Be like, he, he basically bought that for himself. <laughs> whatever. No, no. Well, the best way to get photographed by me is to go out a lot. Cause that's, yeah. cause there's a lot of things. I'll, I'll take pictures of people, but if I don't like the photo, if I don't have a great photo, I won't put a photo up that I don't like like as a photo. You know, you're right. Yeah, yeah, it's just cool because it's just you get a sense of the whole scene. You really kind of do. It's it's the scene. Yeah, and the seasons and, and, of it. Who comes and goes? And you know, somebody's mm-hmm. around a lot, then they sort of disappear, and then you know, or people passing through town. There's sure. it just can't help but uh, you know you're going to look back. I plan on doing it for minimum four years. That's because of sort of my college attitude of like you know, mm. I I want to be in Portland at least for the next four you know three years two years, and uh, I want to just keep the thing going photographing and putting this thing up because then you'll really have a, a sense of a you know a chunk of time yeah totally and it's just it's great it's a great medium for that because it's just it's it's kind of the best way to look at it i mean you know you could guess you could put together some cheesy youtube video in powerpoint or something <laughs> just looking at a nice tumbler you know it's nice you can see yeah. what's up it's the age of digital photography is just also so amazing that it's so cheap you know you can just mm-hmm. take photos of everything sort them out and right and think about that a lot when i think god i just couldn't do this if i was shooting on film and you know yeah exactly be cost prohibitive yeah well it'll be interesting it'll be interesting to see um what happens you know like i said i'm planning on keeping going with it Got to redo, probably come up with a new little set, maybe keep one or two little things here and there. But, but now I gotta made it through that <laughs> that tiny first little bump. Now I gotta decide whether or not I want to keep keep going with other bumps or not. But yeah, yeah, it's pretty fun. So good luck in uh, in the competition. You're the you like the last one to go. I am not the very last person of the entire competition, but I think I might be like four people from the very last of yeah. the entire competition. <laughs> My night is going to be a real good night because uh, it's like. Randy Mendez, who took third place last year, Gabe Dinger, who took second place last year, Bree Pruitt, who placed in the Willamette Week poll of top five comics in Portland, myself, and like two or three other people who I'm like, it, it's a very stacked night. Like I was going, I mean, it's not as bad as last year when I went on it because I was like on a bill that was, I think, two, well, Gabe and Shane Torres, the two first and second place winners were on my bill. Amy Miller, uh, Curtis cook. I think, I mean, it was just one of those ones where I'm like, this <laughs> yeah. is insane. Like everybody on my bill, like is in the finals. But, uh, yeah, that was also my first time ever doing the competition. So this year, um, I, yeah, it's going to be, I like going on a night that's hard where I'm an underdog. It's good. It just makes it, me feel that much more. Yeah, totally. Amplified. I'm into it. 
I know it should be a really good competition. I don't know. Oh yeah, it's Maybe, always fun. It's just probably more that I'm I'm a little more plugged into it this year and know a lot more of the people in it. But mm-hmm. it should be fun. Seems like there's a, there are really a lot of of good comics in town Portland's at the moment. Amazing. I'm always amazed by that. Like when I booked the show at New Deal on the second Fridays, you know that like I can bring in like six different comics. I'm granted I've had a few people people from L.A. and Seattle come down and up, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can book six comics every month and new different people every time. That's what my some of the people at New Deal have said. It's like, they're all so good, and there's so many of them, and you just bring a whole new crew every time, and they're always as good as the last crew. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's it's pretty impressive it's, that Portland's got, crazy. you know, 20-plus really good comics. Yeah. I was trying to figure it out because I was like, man, there's a, there's 100 and what, like 150 people in the competition. Yeah. I was like, how many could be really honestly good, funny comics in Portland? But... Like I don't know. Seems like still a good. I was saying probably thirty, but yeah, still a lot for a relatively small area. Oh, I yeah. mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, actually, I, being that I'm out as much as anybody else, there's probably just a handful of people, maybe ten people that are out doing open mics as much as I am. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know who's out there working all the time, and it's funny because it'll be like people starting out, and then people like Shane Torres who like is out every single night. You know, and if he's not doing a show, he's doing a mic. And it really makes you see that like, oh, it's the people that have been doing it the longest in town and the people who are just starting out that are out there just, it doesn't matter, you know, if you're motivated there, that's who's really out there doing it all the time. But I'd say there's probably 20, you know, people that are kind of in my zone of, of, uh, you know, seriousness, maybe 15 who are out there as much as I am, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which, you know, when you think about a big city, it's, it's a pretty specialized group of people. Yeah. And then maybe 40 people total who are like sort of in rotation in general, you know? Yeah. But it's very small and it's very much a little, it's a great community. How about like a kind of a a favorite mic or any, you know, Hmm. for, for performers or people to listen to any recommendations? Well, I got, I mean, there's tons of people I, I just love. I mean, Christian Ricketts is one of my very favorite people that I always look forward to seeing. I mean, I, even picking people out, Jacob Christopher, Tim Hammer, uh, Shane Torres. What about just, just Mike Pruitt? Yeah, I could just I could just honestly list those 20 people that I was yeah, mentioning because yeah. it's like true. I, I, they all are so inspiring and amazing. But Mike's, um, they're all different, you know, and that's the thing that too that I, I feel like sometimes when people like have, I honestly kind of don't have preferences because I'm like, they all are challenging in their own ways and... I mean, there's ones that I hit really regularly, which is like uh, the Curious Comedy one on Sunday, Joanne Schindlerly's one at Alberta Street. After that, I go to I like little circuits where they sort of go together, you know. Right. Um, those two, I always love the Brody. It's got its a vibe that's so unique. Um, Funhouse can be amazing. I mean, Helium is probably you know that's always the most sought after one. You know, stage time at Helium is just feels. I love the feeling of that place, and right. it's fun to come in from a backstage and. And the crowds are just so the crowds. It's funny because helium's like there's a lot of people see it as like oh it's the high pressure mic because you want to do well there, but like it's literally the easiest mic in terms of the crowd yeah. because they're so ready to laugh and there's so many of them and they're just completely, you know, you can get a real inflated sense of how good you are by performing there. But I like hard mics too, you know, ones that are difficult. But yeah, really with with stage time, I'm very much a believer that like all stage time is almost equal you know right but hosts are i love you know certain hosts are great i mean kevin michael moore at the boiler room is fantastic and there's just so many good hosts and so many good rooms yeah i've been i've been going to boiler room i actually haven't gotten up there yet oh yeah but it's, it's a pretty cool vibe it's yeah it's place. been really they changed it to an eight o'clock start and during the summer when it's like still light out for so long it's it's kind of weird and it's been kind of dead in terms of like crowds mm-hmm. but uh it's a portland institution and it's you know it's the oldest running open mic on the west coast now yeah i did so that's pretty cool and i like that you know actually the thing to point out that i think is more i can point out more specialized things for people is the best shows in portland that are consistently and i think amy miller's midnight mass which happens once a month at saturday night it was this saturday yeah Yeah, that's a show not to miss and barbara holm does a great show at the eastburn every other monday called it's gonna be okay and that one's always a consistently really good show yeah i've been to that one yeah good stuff she gets a good crowd she really works her hard and promotes the hell out of it and stuff yeah and so and i and she puts on great comics um those are great shows that are consistently great 
And then I think actually to toot my own horn, the New Deal show that I've been putting on has yeah. been, I've been really impressed um, with not just like, I mean, the comics are great, but like New Deal does such a great job bringing in people like to have comics, you know, perform for 100 to 225 people and have them get paid and they get stuff and food. It's like, I'm very proud of that show, like that it's like a real yeah. show, you know, or it's, it's, uh, it's great. And the crowds are just fantastic, been fantastic. So I'm hoping that that's going to be like something I do every summer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's, that's a show that I'm very proud of. And I think ranks right at this moment with all the best shows in Portland. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm such a newbie, but yet I feel like I've been around. I've sort of, you know, met a lot of people and stuff, but in that just, it's been kind of an eye opening experience just a little bit, kind of just barely getting kind of plugged in just a tad bit, you know, where they all are and yeah. who's going and, you know, the places online, like, Oh yeah. yeah. Well, to look at for, I usually look at PDX comedy blog. Yeah. Where, that's a good one. Yeah. Gil Elliott also does a thing called too wet to burn, which has a comedy calendar and he keeps it really up to date with, um, all things happening in Portland comedy. That's I did another, an improv class with Gil. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's not out very much doing comedy, but he's does that blog and he's putting on shows now too. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. I did see him at uh, Critical Comedy. Mm-hmm. Have you done that one? Never. It's pretty interesting. I did it actually the day, the night before my show. That's where so, people kind of critique each other. Yeah, hmm. yeah. It was pretty interesting. It was actually was relatively. It was pretty supportive. I mean, for me, you know, it was mm-hmm. supportive. I think it'd be it'd be interesting as like an established comic, mm-hmm. you know, somebody who really has kind of been around to go up there and do that. Yeah, because a lot of the criticism is very fundamental. Like you really should shift, you should change a lot. Yeah, you know? so uh-huh. that might be kind of hard to hear. I would think if you kind of like what you're doing. Yeah, but me, I'm like, just tell me how bad it is. Like, what do I need to do? Yeah, I've got 23 hours. Yeah, you know? like let's get this going. Yeah, I don't, yeah. It's part of me, it sort of feels like. uh the crowd is your critique anyways. So right. for me, I'm kind of like, I just, I get a critique every night cause I yeah. listen to the crowd, but well, uh, it some, would be kind of interesting to hear other comics yeah. sort of say for someone just starting out. I did think it was interesting oh, yeah. because you know, you can be like, well, did you follow me through that? Like, did you get at least get what I was saying? And so, oh, it, yeah, for sure. It, you can get through, you can progress a lot faster having people say, cause yeah. a lot of times it'll be something so basic where I'll just be like, dude, if you just, slow down and put the mic closer to your mouth. Yeah. Cause that can, I mean, sometimes I will tell comics afterwards when it's something really, or, you know, like open your eyes once in a while, you keep your eyes closed the whole time. They might not even know, you know, that they're they're kind of doing that and that might be cool, but it's also something to consider, you know, and, but yeah, I mean, obviously I don't offer comics advice unless they ask for it (laughs) typically, unless they're brand new and they're, but yeah, but usually people will ask, things and it's it's it is i could see that being helpful yeah it was it was a little bit interesting because uh you know christine levine is the one that runs it Mm -hmm. and she actually had some interesting um interesting critique for me which is i've heard this before but it's like you know we have to trust you as an audience i didn't i guess i didn't quite know exactly what that meant other than just like you're going to sort of be consistent or something but she critiqued me where I didn't quite realize I was doing it, but in order to kind of make things flow, I kind of was just lying, you know, like, uh, you know, it's like, well, I had this kind of joke. So where I'm like, Oh, okay. So I'm trying to better myself as a person. So I quit watching porn. Now I star in and produce it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, haha. And then I'm like, Oh, just kidding. And then I go to the next line and say, no, I did quit it. Quit watching for this reason. And I kind of go through that and I'm kind of like, haha, it's sort of just kidding. Actually it's for this reason. And then mm-hmm. I go through that and she's sort of like, wait, stop. Like, she didn't actually those. stop me, but yeah. she's like, I'm hearing that and going, wait, stop. Like, which, what is it? What yeah. is it? Yeah. yeah. Or is anything that you're saying actually true? Right. You know? Right. And so it's kind of like, oh, you know, and even if it's not, you have to be able, you have to convey it in such a way so that we're at least believing you or we're not questioning everything that you're saying. Yeah. Because then it's kind of like, oh, is this whole thing just sort of, and it's kind of like the classic thing where people do a little too much of like, oh, so the other day I blank yeah. and blank. You know, that, that is, to me, it's fine, but it does cross a line if it's like, if it's too much, there is sort of like this, this boil, this pushing point where you're kind of like, okay, like, what's with this just guy? tell us something for real, you know? So yeah. that was kind of interesting, but I didn't really know how to reconcile that because most of it's not true. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, uh, which is also totally fine. I mean, there's, yeah, yeah, it's, it, yeah, finding like consistency of voice or kind of a per, or what do you want to call it? You know, perspective or where you're coming from. And then, you know, just mastery of it in the sense that like, you know, set it up, defy it, follow through with it, be full of, you know, 
Yeah, it, there's. I mean, it's so nuanced that I. It's. Uh, but I think yeah, something like that. I can understand somebody mm-hmm. saying like, "I'm not getting where you're coming from." Because, and yeah. the thing with trusting the person, I do feel like there is a. Well, I think the main trust that you want to have is is the confidence thing, where people trust that you're in control, mm-hmm. and that you're comfortable doing what you're doing. Because that that's the one that I do feel like is is a seat of a lot of power as a comic or a person on stage speaking, is when people feel like. Well, I don't know where this guy's going, but I feel like he's at least he's in he's okay with it, you know. Yeah. And that's when people I think don't. It's almost like a baby. If you hold a baby too lightly, they can get squirmy. But if you sort of <laughs> hug them a little bit tighter, they they relax, you know, because it's like okay, I know I'm safe. Right. And I sort of feel like that's what it is with crowds sometimes that you just have to be like, this may not make any sense to you, and you may not know where this is going, but at least you know that like this dude is in control. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was interesting. It's interesting. So yeah, I should do that sometime. That would be fun. Yeah, it, it, it was. It was definitely good for me. But being before that, it was because nothing else. I needed to get on stage and yeah. actually work through the set a little mm-hmm. bit. One thing I need to struggle with, which I don't know if it's just if it's just straight up laziness or if it's sort of just me being kind of weak, but it feels like it's a lot of effort. A lot of has to go into it in order to just like, even just make a mic happen, like go down, sign up at the right time, show up, you know, whatever. Yeah. And it seems like a lot sort of has to, you kind of have to go through a lot of hoops and yeah. uh, I need to just do that. It's bad. You know? Yeah. I, well it's... you get into a rhythm with it. I mean, uh, with, I definitely have like a kind of rhythm where it's like, okay, I wake up in the morning, I sign up for the ones on Facebook that I'm going to do, you know, the ones that you sign up in person, it all becomes a lot easier when you have like friends and various people will be like, I'll sign you up at this place. You sign right. me up at that one, you know? And also when you get to a certain point, like where I'm at now, you know, a lot of people will just, even if I don't sign up, they'll be like, not that I count on that, but you know, if I, you know, need to, you know, get signed up or whatever, they'll often put me on or whatever. I don't ever like use my <laughs> reputation to get right. favors, but you know, I get, I yeah. get up earlier and whatnot on nights that I have to be somewhere. But, um, yeah, that, that just, that just weaves into life the more you do it. Exactly. And I, you know, with a lot of mics, uh, it's a chance to write. There's a good, I always look at it like, you know, if you sign up at a place at seven and the show starts at eight and you might need to like walk around the block or go eat food or whatever, you know, I, I'll often look at it like that's the time of the day to write It's like, okay, I'm signed up. Now I have an hour to kill. I'm going to just walk around with my headphones. I typically write speaking into my uh, headphone jack, you know, oh. and on my phone and I just walk around the blocks and cause that's a great way to write is like walking and you can talk to yourself. Nobody, you know, of course nobody blinks an eye cause you're on the yeah. phone and, uh, not that I would care anyways. I do often walk and you're around Portland down straight up Portland. talking to myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I have a joke about that. I was walking down the street and I saw a guy talking to himself and I thought it's kind of sad. He's mentally ill or, uh, you know, the joke is like, I was talking to myself working on my set. Then I saw another guy talking to himself. Looks like he's mentally ill. You know? <laughs> or he's probably just a comic working on his own set. Right. <laughs> then I Could thought it's still kind of sad, but <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm always, uh, that's a big way to write. I like to write stuff down and talk it into my phone. But, um, yeah, so you'd sort of, that's the way I look at it is like, it's, but it is, it's a, I mean, for me, I wouldn't say it's a, well, I would, I would wonder how many hours, a week I spend like exclusively on comedy. Obviously I work on it all the time because you know, you're walking yeah. around and at work or whatever thinking about stuff. But uh it's probably qualifies as a full forty hours a week, you know, in terms of what I put in, like, you know yeah, the amount of time I spend like driving or hanging out, working on stuff, putting on shows, getting up on stage. It's definitely I have woven it into be like a full on sh- job, you know. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, I know. I need to uh, just have a little work ethic when it comes to that because it's too. There's just been a couple times it's just too easy for me. I'm sort of like, oh, I whatever. It's just yeah. too easy to blow it off. There's no one. See, that's one thing. It's hard too. Now there's no actual deadline. It's just yeah. all on you. And that that is, is one cool thing about comedy. It is really just on you. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. It weeds anybody from, out who's not yeah. who doesn't want to do it. Yeah, you know, from start to finish. Oh yeah, you know, all the way through it. So. Yeah, it has to be, I mean, it helps not to have a life, (laughs) you know, in a way, like, you know, I look at it like, you know, I don't know that I could do comedy the way I do it now if I was in a, you know, committed relationship with like a domestic type scene. I mean, unless it was like really settled and we were cool, like spending a lot of time apart, but uh, 
just you know, wouldn't work. It'd yeah. just be hard because yeah. I'm I've literally gone. I mean, most days I leave the house, go to work, and I you know go to comedy right afterwards, and I get home at around eleven. You know, and it's like that's and then on the weekends I drive to Seattle to wherever to do a show. Um, so it's yeah, it is. It's like. You know, it's it's nice that it's it also doubles as my social life because like you know I have I have friends outside of comedy of course but but a lot of my friends and a lot of my socializing time is with other comics so you know that really helps because it's both my a, a job of mine but it also is like like I said being out with people and hanging out and talking and stuff and it's yeah. I've always loved having friendships with people that I'm like also working in a field with you know like collaborating and kind of working together it's the funnest kind of relationships to be able to talk shop and about comedy. Yeah. I love to, most comics love talking about comedy. Obviously mm-hmm. we've been doing it for however long here and <laughs> yeah. it's fun. Yeah, it is. It's fascinating, especially to go up there and try it a few times and see yeah. how it just, how it works a little bit. And it's, mm-hmm. it's just even that much more fascinating. It's like, Oh man, oh, it gives you a, a peek behind the curtain. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's just such an allure there. I mean, that, that's the good thing about it to me is I know, like, I really do want it. And I do feel like it is attainable. I feel like you do have just the bare bones and maybe ev- anybody does, but at least you know that much. It's like, there's really nothing stopping you, but New. yourself. Yeah. It's so, so great how that part of it is. There's like I was saying at the very beginning of our conversation that there's no gatekeeper, you know, there's no nobody who taps you on the shoulder and says, you can do it. You can't, you know? Yeah. And it doesn't mean, mean you're not, you're, you know, you're going to be allowed onto every show or something, but you can create your own world and your own scene and your own. And that's another thing that's cool about comedy is, you know, as you keep going at it, you, you know, you develop, I mean, I've even seen for myself at this point in Portland, two years in, I have an audience that's like friends and fans of mine, you know, who are like, who, who, you know, I've had people, not, not, a huge amount of people, but I've had a good amount of people say, you know, you're my favorite, you know, you're somebody. And that's, you know, that's when you start building like that kind of thing, people, because it is so personal and idiosyncratic that when you connect with somebody, you connect with that human being, you know, and it's person yeah. to person. And so, and that to me is like, that's how you build long-term a fan base is people who connect with you as a person and, and as a specific style. And you don't have to, I've never been a fan of anything that that connects with everybody, you know, right. In general, I mean, there are the the occasional times where something really great gets through to like masses of people, but for the most part, all the art and music I've ever been interested in is like, you know, specialized people into specialized stuff and the, but it resonates real deeply. Mm -hmm. And I would rather have, you know, small shows to, to intimate audiences of people who absolutely are totally engaged and love it than, Mm -hmm. you know, playing a different style thing to masses of people who are, just there to see whoever. Right. And yeah. And it's just also intensely satisfying because, um, I, you know, ultimately I'm in, in this to connect with people and share something that I think is obviously funny first, but also valuable, you know, that's like, can, you know, I want to impact people's lives for God's sake. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, why, why, why shoot for anything less? Mm-hmm. Well, you heard it here. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's been really nice to be able to pick your brain a little bit. It's been nice to be here. I like your apartment very much. Oh, thank you. You haven't even seen the back porch. I can imagine it's probably nice. <laughs> My neighbor has has plenty of uh, of of plants and herbs, and uh, she kind of spoils me for the the deck. That sounds awesome. You got it. Everybody, Danny should post. Ask Danny to post a picture of his bathroom. He's got an awesome old bathroom with amazing looking tub in the center of it. It's, <laughs> it's like it's half the house. Gigantic. It is I an know. amazing bathroom. It's yeah, like something out of a. It's big. I don't know. Boardwalk Empire or something. It is. It is that old school kind yeah. of architecture and real cool. <laughs> yeah, I was telling them too that I mean my whole life. And yeah, well, not my whole life, I guess, but I've always been pretty tall. There, I feel like I outgrew bathtubs in like second grade. Uh-huh. And so this thing's huge. And so I actually you could do laps I, in it. Yeah, I, I actually could. <laughs> I could get a workout in there. So yeah, I, I should get in there. Just get some, get some wine out. Scrub that thing and, and clean it up. Put a couple, yeah, go to Trader Joe's, buy some of those votive candles and mm-hmm. just treat yourself. <laughs> you guys at home should do that with a little huge quickly. You know, play that soothing, those soothing sounds in the background. Yeah. Really should do that. So, thank you so much for coming over. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, uh, you you still will be able to go see him if you want. Uh, Helium Comedy Club, July second, ten o'clock. Jason. Yeah, it's a it's a rough bill. So give him some support. I'm gonna clean it up. 
He is going to clean up. I, I have, I have a ton of confidence. I've been listening. Well, it's, the, it's, I've seen the same set just for the last couple of weeks, but man, is it good. I'm working. That's you, my set for Helium. <laughs> you probably saw me. I just like, I was embarrassed how hard I laughed at the, <laughs> at the closer. Oh, that's good. <laughs> the closer's great. I won't give anything away, Don't but anything man, away. it's good. Yeah, I've it's been so hounding good. that one. Thanks. It's very funny. That's a really good bit. <laughs> Thank you. And, uh, you know what else is great? What? Audible, baby. Oh, Audible. I haven't repped Audible in so long. Do you like audiobooks? Yes. But usually if you're listening to headphones, you're you're writing and, and talking. No, I listen to a lot of uh, podcasts and things. Yeah. Audibletrial.com slash mm-hmm. huge quickly. You just got a hit like yesterday. Nice. So, pff, they're just rolling in. People are loving Audible. I actually failed to update my billing <laughs> information, so I've been bumped out of Audible. Oh, jeez. And they took their credits with them, which is sort of seems shady, but uh, I'm going to get back on. Yeah. I shouldn't. I Sign up for Audible. It's not shady at all. Do it. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, it's been so great having you over, Thank Jason. You. Good to see you. And um, look for him out there. He's all around town all oh, the yeah. time. Always He's, out there. Yeah. So... Thank you so much. Thank you. We will be talking to you soon. Next next uh, week, I'm excited too. Jeremiah Panhorse, another guy that's been on the podcast. He runs the Mad Men podcast. Mm-hmm. Big time podcast. And uh, we're going to talk well, whatever it is, season six, whatever's got over. So excited for that. Thanks so much, everybody.